0: This is Crossroads with Clayton King. It's been said that the greatest sermon ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount. Well, of course it was a great sermon because Jesus Christ preached it. But as we dive into Matthew chapters five, six, and seven, we see that the Sermon on the Mount was actually very practical as well as very spiritual. In this message today, I'm going to unpack some of those practical things that Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount. Things like telling the truth, keeping your word, and turning the other cheek. So I hope that you'll enjoy this message and be inspired and challenged. So I'm going to read some scripture to you from Matthew 5. It'll be up on the screens. And I want you to, when we're done, I'm going to pull four simple commands from Jesus. These are also promises that we can do these things. I want to tell you before I read the scripture, if you will do these four things, you will be countercultural. If you will do these four things, you will be revolutionary. And let me even change that up. When you do these things, you bring the kingdom of God with you. When you do these things, you show people who King Jesus is and what King Jesus. Jesus is about. I'm not gonna say if, I'm gonna speak prophetically to you as one of your pastors. When we, as the church of the living God, do these four things and take these things seriously, the world will be forced to pay attention to who our King is, because it'll be so different than the world around us. Y'all ready? All right, I got two hours worth of content and 20 minutes to preach it, so y'all listen fast. Again, Jesus said, again, uh, you have heard that it was said, to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it's His footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great King. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. I will add, you cannot make one hair grow. Just wanna throw that in there. It's not Jesus' words, it's mine, verse 37. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You you have heard it said, this is the letter of the law here. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, that means your your jacket, let him have your cloak as well. In other words, give him the shirt off your back. And if anyone forces you to go one mile with him, go two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, letter of the law, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love, Your enemies, really? I mean, this is Jesus. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that, here's the reason, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? I'm gonna take four direct commands and promises from Jesus. And I'm gonna show you how the king has empowered kingdom men and women to do kingdom things. And if you do these, and when you do these four things, you are bringing the kingdom of God with you everywhere you go. First of all, as simply as I know how to say it, number one, tell the truth. Telling the truth is an act of revolution in this world right now. We live in a world filled with spin, people giving their narrative, people telling their truth. And Jesus is saying here to them, when you say what you're gonna do, when you use words from your mouth, you don't have to swear by the temple in Jerusalem. You don't have to prove that you're telling the truth by swearing by the hair on your head or the crown that you wear or the name of your ancestors. It's hard for us to understand this as Americans, but in in Israel, they would swear by the temple. If a Pharisee or a Sadducee or even a, a normal Jewish person was trying to promise you that they were telling the truth, they would say, I swear by the temple. Now that doesn't make sense to us, but if you're from the South, or if you joined us from some other region of the world and you're in the South now, you've probably heard our version of swearing by the temple. You ready for it? I swear by my mama's grave. I swear on my grandma's life. Why do we do that? Because everybody loves grandma. Even if she's been with Jesus for 30 years, everybody loves grandma. Even if you haven't taken flowers to grandma's grave in a decade, everybody loves grandma. I swear on my grandma's grave, I swear on my mother's life. What we're doing is we're trying to pull something that has greater value, that's bigger and more transcendent than us. You know what Jesus is saying? Quit doing that, quit doing that. Kingdom people do kingdom things and kingdom people tell the truth. Kingdom people don't spin. Kingdom people don't embellish. Kingdom people say what is true. And this is a conviction I have personally. I'm not saying I've never lied. I have lied a lot. When I was a kid, I used to lie all the time and I got caught and my dad disciplined me for it and I learned a lesson. But I'm saying that kingdom people filled with the Spirit have an obligation to speak truthfully. How much would our world change? How much would your life change? How much more kingdom life could we bring into our workplace, our school, our relationships, Relationships. if we just chose to speak truthfully and tell the truth. Don't have to swear by the, by, by the temple, don't have to swear on grandma's grave, just tell the truth. I wrote, I wrote these two questions down. Let me just pose these to you before I move to point number two. New Spring, can I ask you a question? And, and this is Hilton Head, this is Myrtle Beach, this is Florence and Greenwood, this is Lake Wiley, this is Greenville. Can people trust your character? Can people trust your character? This sounds like good old fashioned common sense, but but there's a reason why Jesus said these words. He knew this was kingdom value here. Do do you live with integrity? Do I live with integrity? Mark Twain had a quote that I I love and quote often. He said, if you always tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. Tell the truth. Number two, keep your Word. just do what you say you're gonna do keep your word jesus said this here in matthew chapter 5 it is so simple let your yes be yes and your no be no in other words make a decision make a commitment and then just keep it this was a big deal in that day can i just tell you It's not just an old fashioned value that you keep your word. It's a biblical value that you keep your word. Jesus himself kept his word. Jesus didn't just tell us to do what we say we're gonna do, Jesus did it. Jesus laid his life down. Jesus said no to temptation. Jesus emptied himself and became a man. Not saying you have to be perfect. We all mess up, I mess up, I drop the ball all the time. I will say with the apostle Paul, I am the chief of sinners. But you know what keeping your word also means? It means that you kill victim mentality. Quit blaming, uh, I'm sorry, I'm preaching loud. Quit, no I'm not, I'm just gonna let it go. Um, <laughs> quit blaming everybody else. Quit pointing your finger at your elementary school teachers and how they jacked you up. Quit blaming your mom or your dad. Listen, there are, there's plenty of blame to go around. Stop doing that, we're kingdom people. We don't have to blame anybody, Jesus took the blame. Jesus took the blame. Jesus took all the sin, all, all the all the penalty, all the punishment. Just keep your word, let your yes be yes and your no be no, do what you say. Don't have to swear an oath, just be a man or a woman, kingdom people doing kingdom things. It's a kingdom thing to keep your word. Maybe that's a tithe, you started tithing in January, you said I'm gonna tithe this year and you quit in March. Keep your word, start tithing again. Dad, maybe you said I'm gonna read the Bible with my family this year and you did it for the 21 days of prayer and then you stopped. Hey dad, you know what, you can do it, keep your word. Listen, when we mess up, we fess up and we get up and we start over. Just keep your word. Number three, y'all ready? Okay, I got two more to go and I'm gonna get really fired up on this. Number three, go the extra mile. What in the world is this all about? Well, the first mile is the obligation. The second mile is the opportunity. What is Jesus talking about here when he says, go the extra mile? Israel was under the control of the Roman empire and Roman soldiers had the authority to compel any Jewish man or woman to carry whatever burden that Roman soldier was carrying around with them for up to one mile. And the Roman roads all had mile markers on them. You can still see them today in former Roman countries and colonies. So a Roman soldier could be carrying a bag of salt or a bag of gold coins or whatever, and they could stop you and say, I command you to carry my burden for one mile. This is who Jesus is talking to. And he says, hey, you wanna, you wanna get people's attention? You wanna really stand out? You wanna be countercultural and revolutionary? When that Roman soldier whom you hate you know, cause you've heard it said, hate your enemies and love your friends. I'm telling you, love your enemy. Who's my enemy? The Romans. So when that Roman soldier says, come here, you Jewish peasant. And they hand you a 50 pound bag of salt, which is how they paid salaries. It's where we get our word salt salary from. You carry that bag, you put that bag up on your shoulder and you carry that bag for a mile. And when your lower back is killing you and your hamstrings are tight and your hips are burning and the sweat is dripping off of your nose. And he says, now you can lay the bag down. You look at that Roman soldier. And now you have, whoo, get. are y'all ready? Are you ready for what you're about to receive from the Lord? Now you have graduated from obligation and you are now into a whole new place of promise. You're an opportunity now. You have gone from JV to PhD. Excuse me, Mr. Soldier. I would actually be willing and would like to carry this bag another mile for you. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I know in theory I'm supposed to do that. I'm not gonna do that. But I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to some of you right now, you must do that. You belong to me. I will empower you to do that. I will give you the grace to do that. I will convict you when you don't do it and give you the power to actually do it. Now you've gone from this is my obligation to let me tell you why I did this for you. What if you did this at your school? What if you did this in your classes? What if you did this with your teachers? What if you did this with your coaches? What if instead of you and I trying to get away with doing the least amount possible, we actually did more than was required of us? What if instead of showing up to class and we haven't done any work and we're hoping that there's no quiz, what if we worked ahead? And what if we help the people in our class that didn't really understand the material? What if you ask your teacher, is there anything I can do for you? First of all, you're gonna bless your teacher. Second of all, you're probably gonna get an A. There's a blessing to go in the second mile, the extra mile. Not long ago, my family, we were flying internationally to Africa, and there were delays. This is pre-COVID, and I used to fly another airline a lot, but we were flying Delta that day, and I thought we were gonna miss our trip to get to Africa, where I was gonna be preaching, and I was not gonna miss it. And this lady at Delta, thank you, God, for the second mile principle. This lady at Delta is helping me at at the little kiosk, and she goes, Mr. King, I am so sorry you've had trouble. Here at this gate, our motto is, we're gonna go the extra mile. I'm gonna upgrade you and your family to comfort plus. And I was like, you're, you're going the extra mile for me? She goes, yes, I am. We wanna exceed your expectations. Can I tell y'all a little secret? When it comes to Delta Airlines now, I'm like, take my money, take all my money. I'm gonna make it rain up in this Delta kiosk right now. I don't wanna fly American or or United anymore if I can fly Delta, why? That one woman did a kingdom thing. We can go the extra mile. And when we do, the opportunity is there and we can tell people it's because of Jesus. Hey, I'll be back in just a minute to finish this important message, but I wanted to tell you about the location of our ministry. We actually produce these messages on the campus of Anderson University in South Carolina. We moved our ministry here in 2014 so that we could host our Crossroads summer camps right here at Anderson. It is the largest private institution in the whole state of South Carolina. It's special to me because my son is a student here. My wife's getting her master's degree here. This is our home. There are 59 major degree programs available at Anderson University. And some of the ones that you might be interested in are Christian Studies, Kinesiology, Graphic Design, Cybersecurity, Biology, and Political Science. There's also an amazing seminary here called Clamp Divinity School. And it's just really, really special. We'll see 6,100 students attend our Crossroads summer camps here. If you're interested, go to andersonuniversity.edu. That's andersonuniversity.edu. Now back to the message. Here's the good one. Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. It's gonna ask this question. What if we turned every offense into an opportunity? Because that's what's going on here. We live in a country that is perpetually offended by everybody and everything. What if as kingdom people, following King Jesus, who had the most offensive thing ever done to a human being done to him. He never committed a single sin and they didn't just say bad things about him on social media. They murdered him. What if we let our king be the example of turning the other cheek? How would we change our world for Jesus? When Jesus actually says to turn the other cheek, he's talking about, if you can just imagine this with me, he uses right and left cheek. Now what in the world does that have? Who cares if it's a right or left cheek, right? Because if you come back and you slap somebody, but that's not what was going on. An open hand slap would, would have been, if you're right handed, would have hit somebody on their left cheek. He literally says, If they strike you on your right cheek, turn to them your left, watch. Again, Southern culture, all right? Also Jewish culture, Roman culture. This was a Roman soldier backhanding a subject. Roman soldier with their right hand slapping somebody on their right cheek with the back of their hand. That was not meant to hurt someone, it was meant to shame them. But what Jesus is saying is when you turn the left cheek to them, You can't do that, but my spirit and you can. My kingdom is different. When you do that, you know what you get to do? You get to prove that you're the bigger woman, that you're the bigger man, and that the reason why you're bigger than the person that just backhanded you is not because you're better than them, it's because you have a king that you follow. You see, you can turn every offense into an opportunity. Best way I know how to drive this story home, and trust me, I'm not the hero of this story, it's kind of embarrassing to tell, uh, I like to fight. And I don't mean like with my words, I mean like fight. I grew up in Fountain Inn, South Carolina. Y'all don't know nothing about Fountain Inn. FI till I die, two nine, six, four, four. y'all don't know nothing about Fountain Inn. <laughs> I grew up fighting with my best friends. I had fist fights in, in football games with helmets on and I, breaking knuckles just cause I wouldn't stop. So when Jesus saved me, he's still saving me from this. That's why it's the sense of humor of my savior to give me this passage of everybody on our teaching team. Now I can't see Dan Leanne Ann Fist fighting anybody. I mean, <laughs> I just got engaged to Shari, it was 1998. I just put a ring on her finger. We're coming back late one night for an event. It's Halloween night. And we pull into the parking lot of the Halloween, of, of the uh, apartment complex. There was a Halloween party going on, but people weren't like wearing costumes. There was really loud music. There was a lot of, a lot of dancing. Uh, a lot of, there were a lot of people there, were probably 75, maybe hundred people. And it just looked, it looked like they were having a good time, but I, I didn't want to be there. It just looked scary and Shari is sitting beside me in the passenger seat and immediately the door flies open and it's a kid. I say a kid, he's probably 16, 17 years old. He opens the door and looks at my fiance, my wife Shari and goes, what's up girl? You wanna party? And then <laughs> he put his right hand on the inside of her knee. And when I, when I tell you, <laughs> that my blood went to 220 degrees Fahrenheit. I saw stars, ding, ding, bells, sirens, whistles. I went into caveman mode. And I literally, like you don't understand, I'm telling you, I like to fight. So I reach over, just watch this, okay? I reach over with my right hand, I'm at the steering wheel, and I grab his arm, I grab his wrist with my right hand. I said, don't touch My fiance. Well, when I did that, I literally turned my cheek to him. Here's the motion, expose my left cheek. He let go of her and sucker punched me with his fist. And when he hit me, I saw Julie Andrews dancing around on the top of a mountain in Austria singing the hills are alive with the sound of music. Blood goes everywhere. Shari covered up her eyes like this cause you know, she didn't wanna see it. He hits me and then the coward runs off. I grabbed the door handle to get out of my truck to chase him down. I was gonna go kick that door in and pull him out. I'm not thinking one second about how I'm about to die. There's 75 people, hundred people maybe at that party. They're all friends with him. They don't know me. I, I'm by myself. There was no way in this world, but I'm, I'm dumb. In the moment, all I can do is taste my own blood and feel the adrenaline. That's a dangerous place to be. And as soon as I grabbed the door handle, the Holy Spirit stopped me. Don't do that. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, this is an opportunity. You can't turn the other cheek in your flesh. Only Jesus can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a new kingdom. It's a new kingdom we're a part of. So I get out, blood dripping on my shirt. These two big guys walk up to me and they're like, hey, get back in your car and get out of here. You don't need to be here. You're gonna get hurt. I'm like, guys, uh, he's going to have to apologize. They said, he's not apologizing. Get out of here. You're about to get killed. I said, well, guys, here's the deal. I'm not going to fight you. Because first of all, y'all are way bigger than me. Second of all, I'm a Christian and I'm not going to fight you. But he's going to apologize to my fiance. So y'all can either kill me in cold blood right here or y'all can go get him. But I'm not leaving until he apologizes. I was under the control of the Holy Spirit in that moment weakness in my flesh strong in the spirit they went and got the guy they brought him back out he apologized to my fiance and i said hey while i've got all y'all here this is true story ask my wife if you don't believe me she'll testify the whole thing i said while i've got all y'all here i need to tell y'all bunch of y'all going to hell (laughs) it was a taste of my own blood man i'm telling you I said, I'm gonna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all of y'all, and and you might like it, you might not like it. They had also stopped the music, so I was like, God just gave me a chance. And I stood, they circled up around me. They really did. And I was like, the Bible says you're all sinners. The Bible says if you're lost without Jesus and you die, you spend eternity in hell. But the good news is you can give your life to Jesus and you can change everything. And I wish I could tell y'all, everybody got saved that night, but the truth is, remember, tell the truth, nobody got saved you know what it did? It gave me a really great story today, a true story, to tell you that when it happens in real life, it proves it's not a theory. This is real. And when Jesus said we can do these things, he wasn't joking around. We can be kingdom people doing kingdom things because our King said so, and because our King gives us the power to do so. Tell the truth, keep your word, go the extra mile, turn the other cheek. Do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, there is a ending to that story that you didn't get to hear in the message. So let me take just a second to tell you what happened about six months after that altercation. My wife and I were having breakfast at a place called Don's Pancake House in Shelby, North Carolina. And three or four of the guys that were there that night in the parking lot walked in. They were actually applying for a job. They recognized me at the table. They walked over and I invited them to sit down. And those guys literally said, and I quote, you are sort of like a legend where we live. People are still talking about that preacher that took a punch that night in the parking lot. And we laughed about it. I actually still had a scar on my lip from where it happened. And I had a chance to share the gospel again with that group of guys there at the restaurant. Kingdom people can do kingdom things but not by the power of our flesh. We trust in the Holy Spirit to help us turn the other cheek. I hope this message has encouraged you and inspired you to read the Sermon on the Mount again with fresh eyes and learn more about what it means to actually follow Jesus as part of his kingdom. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend, or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, Check us out at ClaytonKing.com.